You are listening to the Living Room Confessional Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Andrew Lisa Livingston. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you on. We've been doing a lot of career-based topics, so I'm happy to add yours to the mix. I'm excited to be talking about this. Interview prep is one of the things that people, you know, they feel overwhelmed by, but when you're ready, it just makes it so much easier. So I'm excited to dive in. Awesome. Well, why don't we start off with you telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, so my name is Andrew Lisa. I'm a certified career services provider and CEO of Career in Color. I help women create strategic career plans so they can gain clarity and get paid in their careers. Um, I have a background as um, doing administrative specialist work in publishing, academic publishing specifically, and in nonprofit spaces. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. So tell me what kind of moves you towards this path? What made you want to help people um, with kind of the beginning part, the prep before the interview? Um, Just getting feedback from friends and, you know, a lot of my early clients were people who were in my circle and just were feeling nervous about it and wanted tips and things like that. And I really enjoy the interview process. Um, And I know that being ready can just totally change the experience. And so it's important to make sure that people have those skills and feel confident and feel empowered to show up and show out in their interviews. All right. Well, I swear you're the second person that's come on here that said you enjoy the interview process. And I'm just like, I'm on the opposite side of the track. I cannot stand it. I It's always been nerve wracking for me. But actually having these conversations with you guys has helped me tremendously. So I mean, more power to you. Y'all are just <laughs> like a special breed. <laughs> and hopefully more of us will get there. But it's good to have help from people like y'all in the meantime. All right. So let's just go ahead and dive in. And let's just kind of start talking about interview prep and what is it and why is it important? Um, so it's important because it allows you to be strategic about how you are building your career narrative with that company, right? So they've seen your resume, clearly, they've liked what they've seen on paper. And, you know, your qualifications and your experience have stood out to them enough that they want to learn more about you. So when you're coming into the interview, you're really building on whatever career story that you've crafted in your resume. Um, interview prep is also important because it shows that you're actually invested in being an asset to that company, right? Because if you come into, or if someone comes into an interview and they're not prepared, it's just like, okay, well now you've wasted your time. You've wasted the interviewer's time a little bit. It just gets you off on the wrong foot, right? So when you come in prepared, you're setting your standard of 
kind of excellence um, when you're first being introduced to that company. And overall, it just reduces your anxiety, right? Even if, even if you still feel nervous about it, even if, you know, those voices are still in your head. And I definitely have that, right? Just because I'm excited about interviewing doesn't mean that I don't kind of have those pre-interview nerves, you know, play my pre-interview playlist so I can get in the mood and those kinds of things. Um, but knowing yourself and kind of having a sense of what you're going to say makes the entire process much less overwhelming. Okay. Now you have a pre-interview playlist. What is on this playlist? Okay. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just like a, a shine. It's called shine. It's my shine playlist. <laughs> and it just has like, of course it has Beyonce. It has Solange. It has, you know, some rock. I think there's some Kings of Leon on the playlist. Um, just things that get me excited. It has Rihanna, obviously, because why would you good. have Rihanna like, <laughs> on your <laughs> playlist and just, yeah, music that gets me high energy, music that has positive messaging, and it just helps so much. I love that you said that. I have a playlist that I listen to before, like, I make big decisions and, like, go to these meetings now, and um, it's a lot of DJ Khaled. <laughs> okay. Yes. 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 And he just like pumps me up and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. But yes. I've never actually listened to it before an interview. So maybe that might help. That's a yeah. good idea to mm-hmm. kind of help there's me some, relax. Yeah. There's some Drake on there too. Have to have to have, you know, anything that makes you feel like you're walking in the room and you're that person mm-hmm. you know, is, is a help. Yes. I'm all for that. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about, um, When you get the interview date, what is the first thing? Like, where do you start? What do you need to do? So once you get your interview date, um, you want to dive deeper into your research, right? So learning more about the company's mission, vision, and values. Um, Using the website is an easy hack, right? The information that's there, that's available, use it as a resource, right? So look at their press releases that they have on the site, any kind of news that's happening related to that company or related to the industry. You also want to research your interviewers, right? So once you have the names of the people that you're interviewing with, you know, Google them, look them up on LinkedIn, check them out on social media, see, you know, how long they've been doing this type of work, how long they've been at the company, what their career path has looked like, um, so that you can ask more strategic questions once you get into the interview. You also want to know what your your must-haves and your nice-to-haves kind of things are, right? So before you go in, know what your desired salary is, right? Look up you know, sites like Glassdoor, salary.com, websites like that um, provide you insight into what to what's expected for that type of work uh, so that when they ask you, because it's likely that they will, you're not 
you know, a deer in headlights caught off guard, right? You can say, well, based on the research that I've done and the amount of experience that I have, the years of experience that I have, it seems like this would be an appropriate salary for this role. Is, is, does that seem correct? Are we on the same track with that? So it's a conversation, right? You're not saying, well, I want, you know, $80,000 and that's it. You know, you're not just Mm -hmm. coming in like, great. If that's not what this company is offering, I don't even want to do this interview, right? You just, again, want to know what you need in order to be successful in this role, right? So that there's salary, but there's also things like, what about the the mission of the company appeals to you, right? What mm-hmm. about the values of the company aligns with your values? Um, little things like that. Because the, the reason that I am excited when I come into an interview is because I'm like, okay, well, they're being interviewed too, right? It's a two-way mm-hmm. street. So I'm not at the mercy of these people asking me a bunch of questions. I have standards. I have boundaries. I have things that I need in order to be successful at work. And there needs to be a conversation about that as well. And I love that you said that because something that I didn't hear when I was younger is that it's just as important for you to interview the company and your interviewer as it is for them to interview you. And to me, all of this, doing the research, reading the company website, understanding their mission, their values, making sure that they align with yours, To me, this is kind of making a plan for yourself and for your interview so that they're not the only ones steering the conversation. You can also steer the conversation so that you can get the information about the company that you want or that you need. Exactly. Let's kind of go towards the interview questions. How would you go about, they in interviews, they ask you a lot of just kind of standard questions, questions you can find online, things like that. But A lot of those questions, um, the ones that kind of throw you off, how do you prepare yourself for those when you don't know what's coming? In general, because as you said, those questions are available online, right? And there are so many different kind of versions of phrasing and things like that. Um, I recommend that people don't, you know, prepare for this specific question to be asked in this exact way, but just kind of prepare stories, right? So you want to make sure that when you're answering questions, they're related to your strengths as they are relevant to the position, Mm -hmm. right? So I would recommend coming in knowing, and this is part of your preparation as well, right? Your three to five top strengths that relate to this position and creating stories around those strengths so that when you are asked a question, you already have a sense of, okay, well, um, if they're asking me how I um, handled a customer service like issue, right? You can speak to the fact that you are a very effective communicator, right? And that you've handled customer service issues, you know, in person, over the phone, you know, via email, right? Because those are all different skills based on, you know, what the position, whatever the role of the position is, right? Are Mm -hmm. you effective with business writing? That's a skill. Are you very personable over the phone and you're able to make sure that like conflict situations don't escalate? That's a Mm -hmm. skill, right? So having those 
three to five strengths and having stories around those strengths, which tie to your resume, right? Because the bullet points on your resume, each of those bullet points, you should be able to get into the star, right? If you use the star preparation method, right? So situation, task, action, result, or the problem action result, right? You should be able to tell those stories around those bullet points. And that will help you just feel prepared because you already have that experience, right? It's not like you're pulling from nothing. Yeah. And so then you feel confident talking about those things, as opposed to feeling like, they're going to ask me something random and I have to make something up on the spot. Something that I've actually encountered in the past during interviews is when they want to talk about your skills, but they're not actually a skill that you have listed, or it might not be one of the skills that you have outlined for yourself to discuss. Mm -hmm. um, If you came prepared with like your five top skills. So I like that you said to um, come give your experience, but also your perspective, because let's say they ask you about conflict resolution, but this may be your first job and you haven't really had to deal with conflict resolution and kind of the way that they're describing how I think that kind of goes into your perspective. How do you think you should deal with it instead of since you don't have that experience? I think that's important to not like, oh, I can't answer that question <laughs> and just kind right. of say, okay, well, if, if this situation came up, this is what I would do to handle it. Exactly. In a situational, with a situational question, if you're just coming from school, you've dealt with conflict resolution, right? You've been on a team project and had to deal with, you know, three or four other people who, mm-hmm. you know, who don't think like you, who don't work like you, and you've yeah. had to, you know, manage those situations, right? So just because you haven't dealt with it in a work setting doesn't mean you haven't honed that skill to some degree. So it's a little bit a matter of thinking outside of the box of, I have to have done this at work for it to be relevant in an interview. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, honestly, most of the skills they throw at you anyway, are like life skills. Any like, (laughs) it's nothing like, oh, what did you do when you got the moon, uh, rock off the moon or something like that. But (laughs) (laughs) so, I mean, they're usually life skills. And sometimes just telling a story that's personal. Um, This is what I did in that, like, don't make it too personal, but it can be personal saying, oh, well, I had this issue with this person down the line, it doesn't always have to be work related, because they know that you have a life outside of work. And sometimes those things can just they can kind of coach you and teach you how to deal with different types of people in your personal life can translate over into your work life. So they can coexist. So I think that's something that you could also bring up because I I really don't see them asking you anything out of left field. And if they do, please DM me and let me know if they asked you because I'm curious. (laughs) Okay. And so next, I feel like it's also very important to make sure that your answers are honest. I know that everyone tells you to kind of embellish, play it up, make yourself sound amazing. But in my experience, when you start telling a lie... (laughs) It grows and it grows. Do not start your career on a lie. And I just think that, um, like I said, with the experiences and things like that and giving your personal perspective, like allow it to be true to you. And I think that's very important. And it keeps the pressure off in an interview to just 
kind of be yourself. Exactly. Yeah, that's you said that perfectly. And with embellishing, that comes from a place of like, I don't think that the experience that I, I've had is relevant enough or impressive enough, right? Kind of getting into your head about those things. And it's really just like, well, if the more authentic you are, the more that the the relevance of your skills and your personality will shine through, right? Because like you said, when you start lying, you get tripped up, you're you're making yourself more anxious, right? Because now you have to, not only are you in, in, in an interview where you're already nervous, but now you're making up a lie on the spot. It, it just, it either is going to snowball or you're going to get caught up and it's just going to be a bad situation, right? So remember that they liked your resume. They liked you on paper, right? They like they thought that your skills and your qualifications and your experience were aligned enough with the role that they called you in to speak with you. Whatever narratives and stories that you have to say, they they want to hear it and they want to hear the truthful story, right? Also remember that not every story has to be, you know, I made, you know, a hundred sales and got the company, you know, a billion dollars and revenue from this one thing, you know, the smaller stories matter as well. So especially for someone who's coming from maybe uh, like a retail job, or they haven't had a job before, right, coming from school or whatever the case may be, your stories are valid, they're interesting, you have interesting stories to tell, you have important skills Also remember that just because something comes easy to you doesn't mean it's not impressive, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like when I'm working with clients, you know, they'll bring up things like, you know, with the customer service situation of I managed, you know, a hundred different customer service related issues and all of them were resolved in a timely manner. And, you know, there was positive feedback from some of the customers because the situation was handled so well, or, you know, maybe it went left, but I was able to bring it back and make sure that the client at least knew that the situation was being resolved, right? That's a skill. And even though it come, it may come easily to you, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have merit and value and shouldn't be talked about. So that's one key thing that I would like to bring up because that comes up a lot in in interview coaching. I like that. That's good advice though. And that's something you don't really think about because I know, especially when I first started working on my first interview, um, I'm trying to go into a corporate job, but I've worked in like a gym, like these smaller jobs that you don't think can translate into the corporate world. But the amount of... (laughs) of experience I had with conflict resolution came in handy. And I never would have thought that that would have been a relevant skill that I had in a corporate job. Because, you know, when you're young, you think everybody in corporate America has it so together and you're not going to see the same things, but you see the same things. They're just on a different level, a different scale. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't think any skill is too big, too small, or too unimportant because of the job at hand. It may yeah. be different. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's that's great advice. So let's go back to when you were talking about doing research on the company, because I think this is really important. And a lot of people don't take enough time to get to know the company, because when you're applying for jobs, you're applying for jobs everywhere sometimes. And to take the time to get to know every single company is almost impossible, especially when you're just applying, if you really need a job and you're just applying everywhere. So I always say... I pretty much wait until I get that call or if it's a company that I really want to work at, those are the ones that I pay attention to. But my question is when you are doing kind of your company research and I think it should start honestly with the job posting that you're applying for because they do put information in there and you really need to understand what they're asking for in the job description. So I guess my question is, so I think one of the things that's really confusing when you are going through the job process or job search process is understanding what they're asking for when you're reading the job description. They give a little tidbit about the company, which it's good to read, but <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I've read a job description. It makes no sense. I'm like, what does this have to do with the title? And then you go to another company it's the same title, completely different job description, like night and day. So understanding the position and being able to use that knowledge when you're kind of researching and researching the company, how can you kind of use that in your favor? Because I always have to read the description and then kind of really look up the company and see what they do to understand that job description and what they're asking for, because just, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it hardly ever makes sense. Yeah. From there's no like standard, right. From company yeah, to company. Really it's just like the, <laughs> the scope of the role can be so different. Um, yes. Looking at the job description is, is such, such an important step. So usually <laughs> they'll have obviously, but usually they'll have a summary of what, your role will be within the company, right? A little paragraph of like, well, you know, we need someone who can effectively, you know, communicate with people and um, like log this kind of data and do this data analysis, you know, whatever the kind of position entails. So use those keywords to help you figure out what the position is really about what like adjectives are they using? Are they looking for a go-getter? Are they looking for someone who's detail oriented? Are they looking for someone who um, like has uh, good time management skills, right? Kind of things like that. Um, that's key. Looking at the responsibilities, obviously is a really big part of it. So I actually tell my clients to, especially clients who are women, right? Because there's the thing of, well, if, you know what, actually scratch that because that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> okay. a whole, that's a whole nother tangent that we can go down of <laughs> women feeling quali qualified enough to apply for a job that they're like 110% qualified for. Mm -hmm. um, yes, but looking at those keywords, looking at the 
responsibilities and taking those as the direction for for what that role entails. Well, let me let me try this because something that kind of encompasses this is how job how when you're reading the job descriptions, I think you should focus on the soft skills because everything else company-wise can usually be taught later. So, the detail being detail-oriented, being a good communicator, these are like the personal skills that you actually need. Mm-hmm. And I think it's those that help kind of guide you. And honestly, those are probably the easiest things to follow <laughs> in the position and the job posting, because once they start everybody, once they start kind of getting in the details, every company has different forms of technology. So they may call mm-hmm. it something, but it's just Salesforce and it's just their version of Salesforce. But you're like Googling what mm-hmm. this name is and you're not finding anything. You're like, okay, I don't know how to use this system. So I can't apply for this job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a really good point. The soft skills are, yes, the easiest to pull from in terms of like your life experience, right? And in terms of really the day-to-day ability to be effective in a job. Because as you said, you can take a course if you're not great at Excel, right? And do some professional development and get better at that, right? And I mean, same with soft skills, but I feel like the the hard skills and the technical skills are so emphasized when really in the day-to-day, those soft skills are what's enabling you to do your job effectively because you are interacting with people, Right. Any role that you're doing, you're going to be interacting with other individuals. So your ability to, you know, work effectively on a team, right? Or effectively like present in a meeting or communicate your ideas concisely and clearly. Those things really do take you a long way (laughs) and are easy to talk about in your interview. Although I will say that if the technical skills do come up in in the interview, right? So say they need you to be proficient with Excel and you're not proficient with Excel, you can say, you know, I've had X experience, X accomplishment related to using Excel and I'm actually pursuing further education by enrolling in this Linda course, or, you know, I took this LinkedIn learning course. um, And I'm definitely interested in developing my proficiency in this area. That's fine, right? Showing that you're willing to learn and willing to grow in a role will only benefit you during the interview process. Absolutely. I agree with that. And one of the things I always tell them is, I'm like, I'm Because I hate Excel. Like, I'm a PowerPoint, Microsoft Word person. Like, Excel can go go (laughs) somewhere else. But um, something I always tell them, because I've been an analyst, and as an analyst, Excel is what I use primarily to get through my day. And so um, I would always tell them, I know how to use Excel. I know all the basics of Excel. Anything I don't know how to use, I will look up online, figure out how to use it. And if I can't find it, I will ask for help. And that goes to show them that I am going to be constantly working hard to build knowledge 
but I'm also a team player because I don't mind going to other people and asking for help and collaborating. So I, I think you can kind of play off of your weaknesses and turn them into strengths and like kind of situations like that. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So this still has to do with kind of company research. It's just a different angle, making sure that a company aligns with your values. And what I want to talk about is why this is important. Because a lot of people don't think about this. You're just kind of looking for a job. (laughs) And so thinking about the company culture, what they offer, what their message is, what their mission is, like, All of these things are very important because let's, I don't want to say like, I don't want to give any examples of other company names that have kind of gone down and been in the news. But when you have a company like that, you're tied to that company. If something big happens there, you're kind of like people, everybody's going to come to you and be like, oh my God, you work there. Is it really like this? Is it really like that? Like you need to know what this company is about before you start because you're now tied to that company. Yeah. So the values that you have aren't tied to the specific company that you're applying for, right? Your values are applicable for whatever job that you're applying for, right? These are your core things, what you care about, um, whatever that may be, whether it's something like diversity in the workplace, you know, community engagement, um, teamwork, whatever those core things are for you, they should apply to whatever you're looking for that in every position that you apply for, right? So whenever you go to apply for a position at any company, your values are the same, right? Because that's about you as a person. That's what is important to you. That's what you need to show up as your best. That's what drives you and motivates you, right? So because you you are the constant in this interview process, in this job search process, when you go to a company website and you look at their values, it's very easy to skim it and go, mm, you know, this doesn't seem quite in alignment. I, I won't apply for this position or these things do seem in alignment. Let me do some more research because like you said, you, you don't want to do a whole bunch of research before you even find out that you're going to do an interview, right? You want to be as um, strategic with your time as possible, right? So that's very important. It's also important because you want to make sure that this company is is meeting the standards that you uphold, right? So it's kind of doing the pre-work of knowing that coming in into an interview is a conversation, right? It is a back and forth. It's an exchange, right? Because if you come in knowing what is important to you, that's going to inform the questions that you ask, right? Which is a really key part of the interviewing process is asking questions that relate to the things that matter to you, Mm -hmm. right? So if you don't know those things, or if you haven't kind of explored those things ahead of time, it may be difficult to ask questions about things that really matter to you. You know, if you know that you need a manager who is invested in your professional development and is committed to Um, just effectively communicating with their team in order for the team to be successful, right? That's going to inform questions that you ask as opposed to coming in and you don't know. And then you just ask, you know, what's the day-to-day like here? That doesn't really tell you very much about the company, right? That's not really specific enough um, for you to get the information 
necessarily that you're looking that you're looking for. I think that's a that's a good point because for me, I've never actually thought about it in those terms. And I think now um, that I've kind of gotten into sustainability and what people are doing for the environment, those are the kind of things that I look for in a company. Like, what are you doing to kind of help global warming? Things that are important to me. Um, I, I just, I think that's very important because it's, you don't think it's going to be distressing, but when you see how much companies waste and just all the different things when you're they're going through construction and you're just seeing trash everywhere the um <laughs> a lot of waters being used just it's just different things that you see on construction sites or within companies and you can it's basically it's wasteful you're and it's like what are you doing i work in transportation so we're on the water I love ocean and beach cleanup projects. I donate to them all the time. Um, We have ships on the ocean constantly. You hear about oil spills. You hear about um, container ships being tipped over. These are things that I never would have thought. I never did think about going into this position, but they're always at the forefront of my mind now that I actually work there and I see these things all the time and sometimes they do bother me. So Mm -hmm. I think it is actually very important to think about this stuff going in because it affects the way that you see the company and the relationship that you're going to have with that company in the long run. Exactly. Okay. So let's talk about compensation because this should definitely be a part of your research (laughs) going into a company. And you said already that um, something that you need to do before going into your interview is having like your number and knowing like what you're going to ask for, what you're okay with going into an interview, because when that does come up, that's the last thing you don't really want to stumble and be like, well, what are you offering? Like, and then I'll pick a number. (laughs) It's kind of like you you want to go in there kind of confident. And um, I'm gonna let you talk about that because I could talk about salary negotiations all all day, but um, I'll let you go into that. Yeah. So you want to come in with your number and it's not a random number, right? You've looked at your expenses, you've looked at you know, your lifestyle needs, and you've taken that into account to come up with your number, right? So just not even looking at what that particular position like offers yet, you should know for yourself, what amount of money do I need to not have to stress about, you know, just money coming in, in your daily life, right? Because that will affect the way that you work, right? When you're properly or you're comp- com- when you're <laughs> compensated sufficiently, right? You're able to, okay, get that out of the way and then focus on your work, focus on making sure that you're getting results in the company, making sure that you're showing up. That's part of showing up as your best, right? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, unfortunately, have been in the position where they weren't compensated enough, Right. That affects the way that you show up at work. It affects your productivity. It affects your morale. It It affects your mental and physical health. Like there are so many things beyond just, it's not just about the money, right? So making sure that you know what you need is key and then doing the research for that position, right? So going to the various salary websites, you know, there are so many But another thing that is 
important to do if possible is to have informational interviews. Informational interviewing is the process of having interviews with people who do the type of work that you're interested in, right? Or work at the company that you're interested in working for. If you're able to have conversations with these people and ask them about their their salary in this position, asking about what professional like career development looks like, career growth looks like in this role, things like that, that is a firsthand source, right? Who can tell you, who can give you insight. And that helps you so much to know your number and then to negotiate from a point of strength because you've consulted with someone who knows what they're talking about, who's been in the industry, who's worked in that position, who's worked at that company, and you can leverage that knowledge in that discussion, right? But it's also important to remember that your like compensation isn't just kind of the salary, right? You have, there are different things that you can negotiate. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of people, you know, we're in a pandemic. Working from home is a key thing that people are negotiating for, you know, flexible hours. People have kids, people have families, you know, work and home life is blending. And even not in the context of a pandemic, these are things that you can address. So, again, thinking about situations where you were thriving at work previously or thriving in school previously, what were the conditions that made it good for you to work? You know, maybe you do prefer to be in the office, right? Something that I I learned is that I hate being in a cubicle, right? And at my previous employer, we changed to like an agile workspace and suddenly there were like windows everywhere and like benches where you could sit and stuff like that. And that changed my energy coming into work because I need sunlight, right? So that's <laughs> something that I wouldn't have known beforehand, but having come into it, I know that I need in the future if I'm going to be working in an office, right? So think about those less common things. And that's also something that you can Google, right? Because there are so many things that you can discuss and negotiate when it comes to compensation. Um, Google is your friend, right? <laughs> if you if you just kind of want an overview of what's available to you, I highly encourage you to do that because it's not just the salary. I think that's a good point. And a lot of people forget to negotiate the things like PTO flexibility. So it's always a good point. It's a great reminder for anyone who's going through the kind of job interview process or they're starting to look or thinking about it to not just think about your salary all the time. It's important, but there are other things, especially if when you're in there, if you feel like you can't get any, there's no wiggle room um, to go past a specific number. That's when I think it's a good time to maybe throw in, well, can I have an extra week off or two days or four days extra for PTO? Exactly. Yeah, I think I have a friend that always says everything's on the table when you're in an interview. So I think that's great advice, honestly. Yeah. And having that before you go into the interview is key, right? Because even if, again, this is something that you need, just like your values, these are, you know, I have to have 
X, Y, and Z in order to be effective in my role, right? So it's it's not about being selfish. It's not about you know, asking for too much. What you need is what you need. And that's okay. And everybody needs different things, right? So having that before you come into the interview is key because when you get the offer, you also don't want to be in the position where you're just like, oh no, I have to figure this out and I have to pull this together. And you want to make sure that you're accepting an offer that is in alignment, right? Alignment you're comfortable is with it. key. Exactly. Yeah. Because so people get into positions and then they realize, oh, well, I, I needed this or, oh, if I'd asked for this, you know, that would have been helpful or they get into the position and they realize that they don't like it and then they leave. Right. So that's part of your vetting process for the company. Absolutely. And something I actually just thought about is when you're reading a lot of job descriptions and it says at the bottom, (laughs) it's always at the bottom and it says other tasks as assigned. I'm like, that is, that is the biggest trick in the book. When you find people who are in that position already or working for that company, try to listen for the things that were not listed in that job application, like in the Oh, goodness. In the job description, because those things may tell you that you need to widen your salary gap or you you do need to negotiate for those extra days to make sure that you can get rest. If this job is going to be a lot more demanding than the like the picture that they're actually painting for you. So um, I believe that everybody needs that number in their head when they go in there. But I also think you need that other number. So if they say something and you're like, oh, this is this needs more money, you have another number to go to. Give them your, you have a high number, you mm-hmm. have your actual number. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, do not go in there with like one number and be like, this is the end all be all. <laughs> because yeah. I, I've actually been in interviews where I'm like, this is so, this sounds like so much more than like the application. And I've actually bowed out because I was like, no. For what you want to pay, that's like way too much. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> like, I don't need a job that bad. But you just kind of have to watch out for that. And it's usually on, it usually happens at companies where in the description for the position, it has that little other tasks assigned as needed. So find out what those tasks are and make sure you ask those questions. That's such a good point. Another thing. <laughs> Going with um, informational interviews, leverage the people within your current company, right? If there's somebody that you trust who's like in that role, right? Ask ask them what the experience of this role is like. If they're comfortable talking about their salary, if they're comfortable talking about those things, you know, it's you want to make sure that you are leveraging your network to the fullest, right? And it's, I think, much easier to go to someone within the company who, even if you don't interact with them a lot, you know, already, you already have that connection of being with the same employer, you know, knowing the same people, kind of being in the same circles, even if you don't work directly together. And people are more willing to, to have conversations with you because of that. Okay. 
That's good advice. Now, let's go towards now that you've kind of reached out to people and you're getting ready um, to kind of get information on the positions that you're applying for. Let's talk about actually prepping for the interview and kind of getting that practice in before you go into an interview, because I think that's just as important as the research and the prep and talking to everyone else, because this is where a lot of people get tripped up, is that you just, you didn't actually prepare for what happens when you cross the threshold into that room. Yeah, I definitely encourage people to to do a mock interview, right, whether you're just by yourself and you are sitting in front of a mirror, right? Record yourself, which I know can be a little bit cringy for people, but it helps you learn so much about kind of how you would act in that scenario, how you speak, how you present yourself, right? So record your audio. If you can like record your camera, um, have someone that you trust, whether it be you know, family member, friend, a coach, right, walk you through that process. And it it will vary a little bit whether you're doing like an in-person or a virtual like interview, right? Um, but some common things, right, knowing what you're going to wear is a, a common thing, whether you're doing it virtually or just a phone interview or in person. I always encourage clients to wear something that makes you feel confident, wear, wear your interview clothing, because mm-hmm. that just helps get you into that mindset, right? Um, I used to uh, dance. <laughs> so I'm like, sit up, you know, tall, you know, square your shoulders. If you're gonna meet with someone in person, think about things like, um, make sure that you are kind to the receptionist right? Make sure that you have a firm handshake, like little kind of things like that. If you're preparing virtually, make sure that your tech is set up, right? Make sure you have headphones, make sure you have a mic, make sure you're sitting in a place where you're not going to be interrupted. Practice those things ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So make sure you you don't have anything behind you that (laughs) could be distracting. (laughs) And we're in a pandemic, right? Some things are going to happen. Some things are going to come up, right? So you also want to be prepared for that, right? Be prepared to just say, you know, if someone pops up in the background, ignore them. If they're not interrupting your like interview, right? They're not coming and asking you questions or whatever. It's fine. If you have kids and they somehow pop in, like address it and then continue, Right. And that's with anything. If you're answering a question and you realize that you want to answer it differently or your tech cuts out at some point, your audio cuts out or something like that, it happens. Acknowledge it and keep going. So let's actually tie this back to what we were talking about earlier. So when you're prepping for an interview, something that you can practice because a lot of us don't do this properly, is the practice the questions that you are going to ask when you're in the interview, because now is the time where you've already kind of done your research on the company site. And I think this would be the good time to find those questions about the site (laughs) that you want to ask 
Because I guarantee you, if you try to ask them when you're in front of your interviewer without practicing them or thinking about them beforehand, you won't know what to ask. You're going to ask this, like, if you ask something, it might be like a silly question. And they say there's no stupid questions, but with me, yes, I can ask a stupid question. (laughs) So I just think it's like important, just like pick, pick your questions now. Yes. from the company site that you want to ask and also practice those. I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Use that. The research is useless if you don't like apply it in the situation. Absolutely. Right. So definitely have those, I would say about five questions that are your need to know things. Um, Cause depending on the length of the interview, you know, some of them will come up in just in the discussion as you're interviewing and some are saved for the end. So I would say have at least five. Um, and yeah, like you said, practice them because as much as you can get into the mindset of what your mind will be like in the interview, um, the better kind of you'll be with your prep, right? Which is why I say, even though it's uncomfortable, prep with somebody, right? Hear how you sound, where you stumble where you feel very confident, those things help you to figure out, okay, well, how do I, I noticed that I stumbled on this question, you know, let me work on, on that answer a little bit more, you know, where did I feel nervous about this? Why do I feel nervous about this question is also an important thing. I think knowing your whys behind your behavior is very important. Well, No, you you did you did good, but I I'm gonna kind of take away from that. So, how do you feel about people taking note cards into an interview? Because you're practicing, you're creating your questions. People do get really nervous, and for me, I think it would be helpful if I wrote it down and took it in with me. And I'm not gonna like sit and hold a paper to my face and like read it off, but I think it would be really helpful kind of for reference so that I ask my questions properly. And I don't know if it would be kind of would it be improper to take notes in there or do you would you think that that was okay? Because to me, it would show the interviewer that yeah, I took time and I did research and came up with the questions that I wanted to ask. Yeah, I I take a notepad into every interview that I do. So um, I usually recommend that people have kind of a marked up version of their resume Mm -hmm. um, and their cover letter so that they kind of have a sense of, you know, this is the flow. These are the things that I want to talk about. But don't what I advise against is having like your full on answer to a question like typed out (laughs) paragraph style, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because you don't want to just be looking at a piece of paper and not really engaging, right? So have key words that kind of guide you through, okay, this is a point that I wanted to talk about. This is a point that I wanted to talk about. So then you are more able to be engaged in the conversation that's happening in front of you. But I highly encourage Take Yeah, take in your note cards, take in your marked up resume, take in a notepad so that you can make notes, have your questions, because that's also part of, for me, the vetting process. It's like, okay, are they taking notes? 
do they already have copies of my resume or do I need, did I need to print it out and like give it to them? Yes, I brought extras, but did you already have it printed out and ready to go? Right. Because again, it's, it's an exchange. So if you feel comfortable with note cards, have that. And if you're doing the interview virtually, right. I would say, even though you have your computer, right. Don't have your full typed out answers, right? Still just have some keywords. I would encourage you to have a piece of paper still. Um, And you can acknowledge, hey, you know, I'm just taking some notes at the top so that they know that when you look down, you're not like looking at your phone or something Mm -hmm. like that, right? But, you know, things happen in, in virtual interviews, but like, hey, just so you know, I have a copy of my resume here. I'm taking some notes as well. Great. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that you said bring a hard copy because I cannot tell you how, like, <laughs> I always have my hard copies. I have my little folder that I take in with me, but I don't, I was about to say the company name <laughs> at a previous job. I actually got the job, but um, they didn't have my resume. They came in, there was three people sitting in a room. I sat at the table. No one had my resume. Like everybody forgot to bring it in. And I was like, oh, I got you. I pulled out my little folder and I gave each of them a copy of my resume. And they were just like, thank you. And I was like, it was kind of a joke. But I mean, it started the interview off great. And it kind of broke the ice because I was laughing. Mm -hmm. So, and they kept calling themselves unprepared and apologizing, which made me feel better. (laughs) I know that's horrible, but it made me feel better. No, that's, I I think that's, that's fair, right? Especially when they have that expectation of you, right? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't come into your interview with without it, right? So then it's Mm -hmm. just like, okay, well, how are you going to ask me questions if you don't have copies of my resume? It's like you didn't nothing stood out to you on on my resume. Do you have a photographic memory is are all of your memories amazing? You know, it's just (laughs) (laughs) no, try being called Brittany. Through your entire interview. My name is Courtney. And he kept calling me Brittany. (laughs) And I'm like, my name is right (laughs) in front of you. Not a place you want to work. When he can't even look down and get your name correct. (laughs) Right. But because you, I mean, that's a simple thing, right? But that was a a red flag for you, right? So I also encourage clients to have, okay, what are the things that are going to come up in an interview where, you know, make you kind of question, is this a a good place for you? Right? Yeah. If you ask your question about, you know, a question that might come up is how does, how do the company's values um, like play into your day-to-day work? Like something Mm -hmm. like that. If they kind of stumble on like their response to that, I would be like, okay, well, you know, let me take a note of that because maybe just because the values are on the site doesn't mean it's necessarily exactly, you know, integrated into the day-to-day practice. If it's something that's really important to you, that's, that's something that you want to make sure that you address. So your values are really, I I think the cheat code Mm -hmm. for, for being confident in your interview and, knowing what you want, having your standards and your expectations so that you can interview from a point of strength. Yeah, we've kind of hit all my points, but I still want to know about your company. So tell me a little bit more. And I know that kind of um, you were telling me that you work with a lot of women and want to get them ready. And 
I want to know, like, why is that so important to you? What got you uh, towards that thought process that I need to focus on this? And I know we just finished talking about how I feel about that, but I want to know, like, what's going on with you and why do you feel so passionate about it? Yeah, I mean, just because I am a Black woman, right? It mm-hmm. it really stemmed from feeling like um, I didn't have like people who looked like me. I didn't have, you know, people who kind of were, um, or rather there was a lack of alignment. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I am surrounded by women. I work with a lot of women. A lot of my roles just have involved having coworkers, having managers who were women and hearing about their experiences and experiencing things with them and just experiencing the corporate world as a woman is its own thing. Experiencing the corporate world as a black woman is its own thing. Um, So just addressing that and helping people to navigate that is really the driving force behind career and color. I love that. We need more people that think that way because I feel like women are in so many positions that they haven't been in, especially women of color, they're everywhere. In HR, I remember back in the day, I you didn't really see HR, honestly. And the people, the few people you did see were usually like a white male. Not that there was anything wrong with that. There just wasn't a lot of color present. So I think that having a person that you can go to that understands your struggles and what you're going through um, and has basically surrounded themselves with other people doing the same thing so that they can hear the different stories and kind of learn from them and um, expand kind of their wheelhouse and be able to help more people. Um, I think that's really important. And it's something that a lot of more people are starting to do, but I think it's long overdue. And I love that. So I, I appreciate you starting this company. And I love that we were able to have this conversation because you do give a fresh perspective and being able to talk to another woman of color about something that I know very little (laughs) about because I'm not in HR. I don't really, I don't do interview coaching or anything like that. Um, There's a level of comfort here that you don't get when you go other places sometimes. So I really appreciate that you're doing this and that you came on here to talk with me. Well, thank you for having me. Like I've loved, I've loved this entire conversation. Oh, good! I'm so, so glad. <laughs> <laughs> How about let's plug your stuff so everybody can find you? So let's tell them your Instagram, Facebook, website, everything. Uh, yeah. So my website is careerandcolor.com. You can find me. I'm primarily on Instagram at careerandcolor. I'm also on Twitter, but I haven't engaged with that as much. It's there. Um, <laughs> um, at career and color as well. So yeah. All right. Well, you are on the living room confessional. So did you bring us a confession today? I do have a confession. How did I forget about this part? (laughs) It's because we're talking about everything else, but this. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Uh, Mine is an interview confession, right? Because, you know, relevant to topic. Um, So I was in an interview and I was asked a fun question, right, which is just supposed to be, you know, a, a get to know you as a candidate kind of thing. And I was asked um, if you could be any 
fictional character, like who would you be if you would like kind of compare yourself to any fictional character, who would you be? And my brain froze up because I, I wasn't prepared for the fun (laughs) question. It was so strange. It's just like I had everything else. And then there's this thing that I wasn't expecting. Right. So I was like, okay, um, who are the, the characters that I know? And it could have been from TV, from movies, from books, whatever. And I thought for a second, and then I said, Daria, which if you've seen the show <laughs> Daria, you yeah. know that she's not the most personable. She's very dry. Yeah. Um, she's kind of awkward. And I was just like, oh my God, why of all the people did I pick this? I, I mean, I love the show, but why? Right. <laughs> And so, like, we kind of talked about it, and it was fine, right? The rest of the interview went fine. I actually um, got an an offer, right? But that's just one of those things that I randomly, in the middle of the night, am like, Daria, why? <laughs> um, so, yeah, know that you can kind of be awkward and weird in an interview, and that can be part of showing them your personality and you can still get the, get the job, you know, <laughs> sometimes. You know, yeah. I used to love that show. So I'm like, I'm sitting here like, what's wrong with her? Like, I think that's great. My worry would have been like, if I said a character and they're like, what is that? Who is that? But yeah, I no. think that was a great answer. <laughs> I I don't know. And she's just, I wouldn't necessarily want to work with Daria. Like I wouldn't necessarily, I don't know how she would work on a team. I don't know, you know, just kind of what her, what her interactions with coworkers doesn't seem like it would be the best. That monotone. Yes. (laughs) Kind of like dry. And I loved it. I love that show. It's, I think it's great, but yeah. That was, Wasn't that was, her thing like she spoke her mind and literally just did not care? She didn't. Daria. I think that's Daria. what made her so great. Yeah. And they're like, Daria, you know, could you maybe be a little nicer or do a little of this? And Daria was just like, no, I don't think so. That That's not an alignment. It wasn't an alignment. <laughs> Well, I would have hired you if I was the hiring manager because I would have probably had this conversation with you and like, been laughing. So, yeah, I, I don't see an issue with that answer. But that was a great confession. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, thank you for thinking that it wasn't a terrible answer. I appreciate that support. <laughs> Years later. <laughs> sharing your insight and your experience and dropping so much knowledge. And I hope you will come back later in this season. It's going to be a really long season. So I loved having you on and just, yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks again for tuning in. Bye.